اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم ام عندهم ام اور عندهم ود من وات بیسز ڈو دے ڈینائی ڈو دے ہیو خزائن رحمت ربک دا ڈپازیٹریز اف دا مرسی اف یور لارڈ خزائن پلون اف دا ورڈ خزانہ اینڈ وات ڈز دیٹ مین ا ٹریجر اسٹور ہاؤس So, do they possess the treasures of the mercy of your Lord? Do they have control over the treasures of Allah? Do they have authority over it? Meaning, on what basis are they objecting? On what basis do they criticize Allah's decision? And who is your Lord? Al-Aziz, the exalted in might. Why is this name mentioned? That no... They don't have any control over it. Allah is the Aziz. He is the owner. And He is Al-Wahhab, the bestower. So they don't give. It's Allah who is the giver. So when Allah is the owner of this entire dominion and its treasures, He decides what to give, when and to who. Then why are these people criticizing the fact that Muhammad ﷺ has been chosen as a prophet? And this teaching is a very, very important lesson. When Allah is Aziz and Wahhab, then we have no right to object His decisions, His decrees. Because Allah does not need our approval or our permission in order to give something to someone or not give something to someone. You see, if something is entirely yours, let's say there is some money that you have, It's your money. Do you have the right to spend it however you want? Do you? Yes. Do you need your parents' permission over there? When you're feeling guilty, I should ask my mom, how do you satisfy yourself? It's my money. Right? Technically, it's my money. I don't need her permission. Isn't it? But why do you feel guilty? Because our parents are responsible over us. Every important decision, we do consult them. And then what do you think? When I'm an adult, when I'm married, right? when I'm independent, then I'll make my decisions myself. So, أَمْعِنَّهُمْ خَزَائِنُ رَحْمَةِ رَبِّكَ All of this dominion belongs to who? Allah. So it's His decision. He can give whatever He wants to whoever and whenever. We don't have the right to object. Because Allah does not need our permission or our approval. Nor does He need to consult us. In Surah Zukhruf, Ayah 32, Allah says, أَهُمْ يَقْسِمُونَ رَحْمَةَ رَبِّكَ Do they distribute the mercy of your Lord? No, they don't. أَمْ لَهُمْ Or do they have مَلْكُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ The dominion of the heavens and the earth, وَمَا بَيْنَهُمَا And whatever that is between them. Meaning, why are they in izzah? Why are they so arrogant and proud? Do they own anything of the sky and the earth? Do they own anything between the sky and the earth? No, they don't. What do they own? Are they the masters or the servants? Well, if they are masters and if they think they're really powerful, then they should exhibit that power. فَلْيَرْتَقُوا فِي الْأَسْبَابِ فَ So, lamb over here means should. It's lamb amr. So, فَلْيَرْتَقُوا So, they should ascend. يَرْتَقُوا from the letters رَا قَافِيَا They should ascend. Raqi, Raqiya is to blow. You know the word Ruqiya? What is Ruqiya? You recite some Qur'an for example and you blow on your hands. Okay, and then you wipe your hands over your body. Like the Prophet ﷺ would recite 
the Mu'awwidat, قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقِ He would recite them at night, he would blow on his hands and he would pass his hands over his body. So, Raqi is to blow, to dust off. When you blow something, like for example if there's petals somewhere, there's a whole lot of dust somewhere, and you blow, what's going to happen to it? It disperses. And it doesn't just disperse straight, it goes up. So, Raqi is also to climb, to ascend, to go up. So, فَلْيَرْتَقُوا So they should ascend, they should go up, fil asbab. In, fi, as in through, asbab, means of access. Asbab is a plural of sabab. Meaning, if they are really all that mighty, then why are they upon the earth, under the sun? In the rain. Why? They should go above this earth and sky. They should find a way to the arsh. They should display their might. Rule over this universe. Or go up themselves and bring down some revelation themselves. But can they do it? No, they cannot. So it's as if they're being criticized for their arrogance. Allah says, Jundum ma hunalika. Jundum ma. Jund. What does jund mean? Soldiers, an army. Meaning these people are just a jund. Jundum ma. Ma over here is za'id for the purpose of emphasis to show taqlil. Taqlil as in qilla, smallness of something. Tahqil. To belittle something. So jundum ma. Like it is said, akaltu shay'in ma. I ate shay'in ma. Hardly anything. Right? I hardly ate anything. So Jundamma, they are hardly an army that Hunalika, right there and then, Mahzumun, defeated. Min al Ahzab among other companies. Meaning just like other groups of people, these people will also be defeated. Because in reality they are nothing but a despicable army, a despicable group. In other words, it's not the first time humanity has displayed such pride. What happened to the Ahzab before them? Ahzab, different groups, Fir'aun, Nimrud, and more. What did they do? They displayed their arrogance, and were they defeated? Terribly defeated. In Surah Qamar, Ayah 44, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَمْ يَقُولُونَ نَحْنُ جَمِيعٌ مُنْتَصِرٌ Or do they say that we are a very strong group of people who will be victorious? They are wrong. Because سَيُهْزَمُ الْجَمْعُ وَيُوَلُّونَ الدُّبُرُ Very soon, their gathering, their group is going to be defeated and they're going to run away. And over here especially, they're being challenged. You think you're very mighty? Find a way up into the sky. Can they even try to go up there? Can they? No. It's amazing how you go a little bit high and what will happen? You can't even breathe anymore. You'll die of lack of oxygen. Right? This is how little we are. So over here their pride is being criticized. Allah says, جُنْدٌ مَا هُنَالِكَ مَهْزُومٌ مِنَ الْأَحْزَابِ They will be defeated. In other words, this pride does not befit them. Because look at what happened to the people before. كَذَّبَتْ قَبْلَهُمْ قَوْمُ نُوحِ Before them, the people of Nuh denied. وَعَادٌ And also the people of Ad. وَفِرْعَوْنُ And also Fir'aun denied. And who was Fir'aun? ذِلْ أَوْتَاد The owner of stakes. أَوْتَاد is the plural of the word وَتَد. وَاوْتَادَال. وَتَد. Alright? 
And watad is basically a peg, it's a piece of wood or a piece of iron that is put in the ground. Some of it is underground and some of it is above the surface. Why? Why is it put there? For various reasons. For instance, to pitch a tent. To tie an animal, meaning you tie a rope on it and then that rope is used for a tent or an animal. Alright? So this is what a watad is. The mountains are called awtadul ard. They are like pegs. So, وَفِرْعَوْنِ ذُلْ أَوْتَادِ ذُلْ أَوْتَادِ This is description of who? Look at the eye everybody. Fir'aun. Why is Fir'aun called ذُلْ The owner of pegs, of stakes. Why? Because he was the first one to start crucifixion. He crucified people like this. With pegs, with nails. He threatened to crucify all of the magicians who abandoned him. He crucified his own wife. So he tortured people like this, using pegs. Or this can be understood as that he had great armies. He would travel to different lands, conquering one land after another. And the armies, the people that would pitch their tents when traveling. Or Dhul Autad can also be understood as that his dominion, his kingship was well established. Well established, firmly grounded. His position was firmly established amongst his people. But what happened? What happened when he denied? It didn't matter. All his power was useless. Wa Thamudu, more examples are given. And the tribe of Thamud also denied. Wa Lutin, and the people of Lut also denied. Wa Ashabul and the people of Aika. What is Aika? Forest. And these are the people of Shu'ayb Allah says, Ula'ika al-Ahzab. Those are the groups. Which groups? Which companions? Which companies? that denied the prophets of Allah and they were all defeated. How were they defeated? Look at what happened to the people of Nuh salam. They were drowned. What happened to the people of Ad? Allah says in Surah Haqqah, Ayah 6, وَأَمَّا عَادٌ فَأُهْلِكُ بِرِيحٍ صَرْصَرٍ عَاتِيَةٍ They were destroyed with a wind. What happened to Fir'aun? He was drowned. What happened to the people of Thamud? In Surah Haqqah, Ayah 5, Allah says, فَأَمَّا ثَمَوْدُ فَأُهْلِكُوا بِالطَّاغِيَةِ They were also destroyed. The people of Lut, alayhi salam, it's well known how they were destroyed. إِنَّا أَرْسَلْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ حَاصِبًا A shower of stones. What happened to the people of Shu'ib, alayhi salam? In Surah Al-Shu'ara, Ayah 189, فَكَذَّبُوهُ فَأَخَذَهُمْ عَذَابُ يَوْمِ الظِّلَّةِ a cloud covered them and from that fire came down upon them. الأحزاب, what's common between all these people? In kullun, in not, kullun all, illa except kathabar rusul. Every single one of them, what did they do? They denied the messengers. So as a result, iqabi. So my penalty was justified. Hakka. It was necessary. وَمَا يَنْظُرُوا And the people of Makkah, Allah says, وَمَا يَنْظُرُوا And they do not wait. هَؤُلَاءِ These people, إِلَّا except صَيْحَةً وَاحِدَةً One blast. Meaning, what's going to destroy them is not something very far. And it's not going to be very big. It's just one blast. It's not a lot of things. It's just one blast. And that blast, مَا لَهَا it shall not have min fawaq any 
fawaq. This word cannot be translated. But you have to translate it in your test. If it comes. Fawaq. What does the word fawaq mean? Fawaq is from the root letters fawaqaf. Okay? In one recitation, the word has been recited as fuwaq with a dhamma. And in other recitations, as we see, it's fawaq with a fatha. So fuwaq, fawaq. Both. Fuwaq is a hiccup. When a person is talking, for example, and they have a hiccup. They're breathing and they have a hiccup. Or it's used for the gasping of a dying person. Both of these, gasping as well as hiccups, they interrupt breathing. So from this, fuwaq is used for an interruption. Fawaq, on the other hand, now with the fatha, fawaq is the gap between two milkings. Meaning when an animal is being milked, all right, the gap between two milkings. So it was milked, and then let's say a person was milking the cow, or the camel, and then they had to get another bucket or something, and they went got the bucket. So this gap in the middle, this is called fawaq. Why? Because fawaq means rujur, to return. Okay? What does fawaq mean? Literally, to return. So even a short gap in the middle, what does that do? It causes the milk to recede. So a person has to start the milking process all over again. Okay? So, fawaq means interruption, a gap, a break, return, relapse. It's also used for a person who, afaqa min maradihi, a person was sick, and then afaqa, meaning he got better. He got better, meaning raja'a ila siha, meaning he went back to the state of health. Alright? So, ma laha min fawaq, what's the meaning? This sayha will be their end. Because once the sayha comes, there is no return. It will not be averted from them. They will not survive. And there is no interruption in it. It will continue until their demise, until their end. Ma laha min fawaq. وَقَالُوا And look at these people in their pride. They say, رَبَّنَا O our Lord, عَجِّلْ لَنَا عَجِّلْ Bring quickly, عَيْنْ جِيمْ لَامْ To want something before its time. عَجِّلْ لَنَا Bring for us quickly, قِطَّنَا Our share. قَافْ تَعْطَى A piece of something that has been cut widthwise. So, Ajilana qittana Bring to us quickly our share Which share? What they mean is our share of punishment Qabla yawmil hisab Before the day of account This is extreme foolishness They said mockingly That if we are to be punished In the hereafter Then why wait for death and the day of judgment And all the accounting to happen They said as if they were challenging the Prophet ﷺ, as if they were challenging Allah the Exalted, that bring us our punishment now. And they didn't say this once or twice. Rather, they said it in multiple ways, numerous times. And this is mentioned in the Qur'an. In Surah Al-Anfal, Ayah 32, it's mentioned, وَإِذْ قَالُوا اللَّهُمَّ إِنْ كَانَ هَذَا هُوَ الْحَقُّ مِنْ عِنْدِكَ فَأَنْتِرْ عَلَيْنَا حِجَارَةً مِنَ السَّمَاءِ so they kept saying this, bring us the punishment, bring us the punishment. And this was in their extreme denial. 
what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Allah says, Isbir. Allah says to the Prophet ﷺ, Be patient. Be patient over what? Ala ma yaqulun over what they say. And instead, wadkur abdana. Instead of worrying about what these people say, be patient over it. And what is it that you should think about? Not what these people say, rather think about Abdana, our servant, with servant Dawood, Dawood alayhi salam. And who was he? Dhal Aid, possessor of strength. And innahu awab, indeed he was one who repeatedly turned back to Allah. So don't think about what these people say, think about the prophets of Allah. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. Everybody stand up. Am'indahum khaza'inu rahmati rabbika al-aziz al-wahhab Am lahum mulku al-samawati wal-ardi wa ma baynahuma falyartaqu fil-asbab اصبر على ما يقولون واذكر عبدنا داود ذا الأيد إنه أواب The Prophet ﷺ is advised over here that how should he deal with all the baseless criticism that he was facing, all the ridicule that he was facing from his people. He was told, be patient over what the people say to you. Meaning, bear it with sabr, bear it with confidence, do not give up because of the lies they say, do not feel weak because of the mockery and their ridicule and their baseless criticism, rather have strength and carry on. And where do you get that strength from? By remembering the people of sabr. And one such person is who? Abdana Dawood, our servant Dawood. And who was he? The aid, a possessor of strength. And his strength came from the fact that innahu awab. It came from the fact that he was someone who repeatedly returned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whether it was in acts of obedience or it was by dhikr 
or it was by seeking forgiveness, or it was by seeking help from Allah. Meaning in every situation, Dawood salam's way was that he turned to Allah. And when he turned to Allah, that is where he got his strength from. That is where he got his patience from. So the Prophet ﷺ is encouraged over here to seek help in being patient from the example of Dawood salam. Because Dawood salam, he's an example of sabr. And we look at the different ways in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given him strength. And one way was how he was given strength over himself, control over himself, self-control. And self-control is essentially sabr. And what was the strength that he had over himself that he was able to maintain such perfect balance with respect to his obligations and worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For instance, it is said about him that he had divided his time such that one day was for his worship exclusively, one day for the family or for his work, and one day for passing judgments between people. Because Dawood would only eat from which food? The food that he had bought with his own money. Which money? The money that he had earned through his own work, labor. Even though he was a king, he worked. And he made money. And from that, he fulfilled his needs. So his strength, his sabr is reflected in the balance that he had developed in his life. Just recently I was listening to something and this person was saying that, you know, overachievers, they don't have work-life balance. You know, work-life balance, it's a fantasy. There's no reality to it. Because you cannot have everything. You have to give something in order to get something. So, they were having an interesting discussion about this and it did make a lot of sense because all super achievers, I mean, they don't have everything in their lives. They have given up something in order to get to where they are at right now. But it's amazing how Dawood he had time for worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so much so that he would recite Zabur so frequently. He would remember Allah in the morning and in the evening. Then he's a judge and then he's got a family also. It's amazing. This was the strength that he was given. And remember, this kind of strength is not possible without sabr. Because number one thing you have to do in order to maintain balance in your life is control yourself. You want to sleep, but you push yourself to wake up. You want to carry on talking and chatting, you push yourself to stop that chatting and get to your work. You want to procrastinate? No, you force yourself to get back on track. So it requires a lot of sabr. And he got this from what? From the fact that he turned to Allah. Remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala frequently is something that enables a person to be patient. So the Prophet ﷺ is told to seek strength through the example of Dawood salam. And then some favors that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed on Dawood salam are mentioned over here that We had subjected the mountains with him in order to exalt Allah when? In the evening and in the morning. Even the birds would gather up for him in order to join him in the dhikr of Allah and all of them would repeat the praises of Allah. Meaning the mountains as well as the birds, And in this is a very beautiful lesson which is that when a person remembers Allah often, when a person turns to Allah frequently, 
When a person gives the haq of Allah to the best of his ability, then what happens? Then the creation, the dunya will come to him. Look at how the birds and the mountains are under Dawood in the sense that every time he does tasbih, the birds repeat. This is the dominance that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to Dawood over the creation. And this comes how? By obedience to Allah. So if a person is obedient to Allah, he will find obedience amongst those whom that he is in charge over. And this is why we see that the scholars, every time they would find some problem in their family, or even in their writing animal, they would analyze themselves. That what have I done? Am I obedient to my Lord? I must be disobedient somewhere that my animal is being rebellious, that my child is being rebellious. So, وَالطَّيْرَ مَحْشُورَةً كُلٌّ لَهُ أَوَّابٌ وَشَدَدْنَا مُلْكَهُ We strengthened his kingdom. It was a well-established kingdom. وَآتَيْنَاهُ الْحِكْمَةِ And we gave him wisdom, and this refers to prophethood, as well as the ability to make sound judgment. وَفَصْلَ الْخِطَابِ And also discernment in speech. What is this discernment in speech? Clear, eloquent speech. Decisive speech as well as the ability to make the correct decisions. You know, fasl al-khitab also means speech being separated. Speech being separated. What does that mean? Have you heard of the statement, Amma Bad? What is Amma Bad? That a khatib at the beginning of his khutbah, he will glorify and praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. After that, he will say Amma Bad and then say whatever he has to say. So Amma Ba'd is a statement that kind of separates the speech into two. The first part being tasbih and hamd, and the second part being some maw'idah, some advice, some instruction. And it is said that this is what fasl al-khitab is, Amma Ba'd. And Dawood was the first one to say the words Amma Ba'd, or something of this type in order to separate the speech, in order to clarify his speech even more. وَفَصْلَ الْخِطَابِ اصْبِرْ عَلَى مَا يَقُولُونَ وَاذْكُرْ عَبْدَنَا دَاوُدَ ذَا الْأَيْدِ إِنَّهُ أَوَّابِ إِنَّا سَخَّرْنَا الْجِبَالَ مَعَهُ يُسَبِّحْنَ بِالْعَشِيِّ وَالْإِشْرَاقِ وَالطَّيْرَ مَحْشُورَةً كُلُّ لَهُ أَوَّابٌ وَشَدَدْنَا مُلْكَهُ وَآتَيْنَاهُ الْحِكْمَةَ وَفَصْلَ الْخِطَابِ